The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. Ready? All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money, all right? That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another NFL Fantasy Flex episode of the award-winning Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM, the official odds provider of the show. I'm Matthew Freeman, the editor-in-chief of Fantasy Labs, and here with me are Sean Corner and Chris Raybon. Sean is the Action Network Director of Predictive Analytics. Chris is a senior editor and analyst at the Action Network, and they are two of the best fantasy football rankers in the world. In this episode, we're highlighting the players at the top of our Week 7 rankings and our fantasy tool at the Action Network. We're discussing the guys we're high and low on and looking at how they do on our Fantasy Labs models. And we are speculating, of course, on some player props. And joining us in his return to the show is Jeff Collins, Jeff Alheffy, a top daily fantasy sports player and the proprietor of numberball.com. Jeff, how's he going? What's up? Yeah, I'm a veteran to the show now. It's my second time and uh, looking forward to it. This year, we're looking to bring in a lot of veterans. You know, continuity with the coronavirus is really important this season. So we're looking to have an established roster of guests. So good to have you back on the show to uh, give us your DFS insight. And speaking, of course, of DFS, I want to remind everyone to participate in the best DFS contest ever, the Action Network Podcast Tournament of Champions presented by BetMGM. It is a free custom tournament on Yahoo for our listeners. You can join by clicking the link in the show description each week. The top 10 finishers get over $1,000 in Action Network prizes, and the top five finishers punch their ticket to the wildcard weekend grand finale where they compete for the grand prize, a Las Vegas trip for two, valued at $5,000 courtesy of BetMGM. Again, listeners can join for free every week. Click on the link in the episode description to join Jeff. I want to get your thoughts on the quarterbacks that we have at the top of our rankings for week seven, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, probably no surprise that those guys are at least among the top quarterbacks. Although you could obviously make a case for Patrick Mahomes as someone who should be included in the top three. Where are you uh, with the guys that you would put at the top of the board at quarterback? Yeah, that's a solid list. I can't really argue too much on those guys. The three that we've got at the top of our list this week would be Allen, uh, Mahomes, who you'd mentioned, and then Watson, who's, I guess, a little bit more of a hot take. But Deshaun, since the the coaching changes looked uh, much different, you can put as much weight into that as you want. But uh, I think with that combined with what we knew of Watson and expected of Watson, coming into this season, uh, he deserves to be in it, at least consideration. But uh, with you on, Alan, the only concern there is if that game just gets super ugly and um, he, there's like no reason for him to pass and no reason to risk him running either. Yeah, with you on Watson, it's amazing what he's been able to do uh, without DeAndre Hopkins, but I guess it helps that uh, Will Fuller has been able to stay healthy so far this year uh, to help compensate for the loss of Hopkins. Who uh, outside of Watson uh, is a quarterback or two that you are high on 
for this uh, upcoming week. I assume I'm going to be higher on him than the field is this week again, but Matt Ryan is a, a guy that everyone had just kind of written off last week, and I didn't really buy that. With, with Julio coming back, of course, you you got to expect a big boost there, and, and he looks good. And expect it again in another soft matchup that he's going to perform really well. And um, that full complement of weapons, even to the point of, of, of gauge, and uh, they've got a good tight end as well at Hurst. I mean, this is a, a strong, strong offense and a, a really good matchup. And I'm going to be all, all about him this week. And then, I mean, Justin Herbert, too, that, that kid is just unreal. I, I don't know that that he's going to fly under the radar at this point anymore, especially in a good matchup, but uh, love that he takes chances down the field uh, aggressively, which I think is great for DFS and tournaments and upside and, and that sort of stuff. And with, with his weapons healthy again, if, if Keenan Allen can go this week, you've got Mike Williams back and Hunter Henry. I mean, that that's a strong stable of weapons over there. All right, Sean, I normally kick it to you. But uh, it seems like you always take the guy that Raybon wants to talk about, and so I and so I'm going to kick it to Raybon first, just Go to give it. him give him that first shot at the the guys at this position. Raybon, who are you high on? This week, it's Joe Burrow in DFS at 5.5K. You know, he's way down there, just given the volume of plays that Cincinnati's running. And that Cleveland defense, I mean, I called this out last week when we were um, in, in our, you know, betting stuff on Action Network about, you know, the Steelers. And this this Browns defense is not very good. So uh, I'm going with Joe Burrow at 5.5K. I love Kyler. Uh, he's fourth in DraftKings pricing. I think he should be uh, number two. That Seattle-Arizona game has the potential to have the most plays run uh, on the entire slate. So um, those two, those are the two guys, Murray on the high end and Joe Burrow on the low end. That's unbelievable because he took both of my guys, both on the high and low end. Uh, but Kyler Murray is by far my favorite um, 7K or above QB. Uh, you know, last night we saw him struggle as a passer and he still ended with the top five finish. Um, and you, you'd wonder, you know, if a DAC led offense were facing him last night, he probably would have been, um, you know, thrusted into the, the, the top QB score overall. So I love Kyler's upside this week. The Seahawks game should be a shootout. Um, and one of the things with Kyler has been his just rushing ability this year has been off the charts. He's had either 70 rushing yards or rushing touchdown every game this year. So this is this is just an ultimate ceiling game spot for uh, Kyler Murray, uh, and then yeah, Joe Burrow's at the top of my personal uh, fantasy labs model right now. Uh, he's way too cheap at fifty five hundred against the Browns, who aren't necessarily you know a pushover defense by any means, but you know he's coming off a matchup against the Ravens and the Colts, who are who to, are two very good defenses. Um, so I, I love him in this spot, and it's it's. It's good to see A.J. Green bounce back with an eight-catch, 96-yard game. Uh, I'm not expecting too much from him going forward. But, you know, if he has three legit receivers going forward, I, I like Bro's chances. And, again, he's just way too cheap for this spot where I think that the Browns are sort of a pass-funnel defense. So, so I'll have him if I spend down at QB. All right, one guy I'm pretty high on is Cam Newton. Uh, one of the big questions entering last week for me was uh, coming off of COVID, how would he be used? Uh, would they continue to run him? And uh, yeah, I mean, he continued to run. He has, for the season, a 35% market share 
of the team's rushing attempts, which for a quarterback is just unbelievable. Uh, and going against a 49ers defense that is uh, pretty banged up at all levels of the unit, uh, I think there's a pretty decent chance that the game can stay competitive uh, and Cam Newton can run against a defensive line that isn't anywhere close to what it used to be. Uh, so I like Cam Newton in this spot. Jeff, who is uh, someone you are relatively low on a quarterback? Uh, so, well, one guy would be Aaron Rodgers. I think one, once you're priced in like that 7K plus range, if you don't have any rushing upside, that's just, it doesn't really make sense to use those guys usually. Um, and then I would say that he's got pretty lucky to start the season. I, I think he's overperforming. So there was bound to be a little bit of regression there anyway. So Aaron Rodgers would be one guy that, that I don't like. And then on the cheaper end, a guy like uh, Gardner Minshew, I could see people thinking that game's going to uh, have some fantasy appeal because of some prices and stuff. But I think that Chargers defense is really well schemed. And despite the injuries that they end up having, they just continue to, to perform. So the Jags and, and Minshew in, um, would be a, an offense that I'm looking to avoid. All right, Sean, I'm giving you the first bite of the uh, forbidden apple here. Who are you looking to fade? Uh, I'm looking to fade Josh Allen at 7,700. Jeff alluded to it earlier, but I just think Allen's ceiling is much, much lower in this spot. I think he should bounce back from back-to-back poor games, but... You know, I don't think Joe Flacco or even if Darnold returns this week are capable of pushing this Bill off, Bill's offense to really be forced to do anything in the second half. So I'm, I'm just worried about his upside. I think this will be a big Devin Singletary, Zach Moss type of game. Um, and then the other guy I'm low on is Big Ben at 6,600. Uh, I seem to be low on Big Ben every week compared to the ECR. Last week, I was minus six. Uh, this week, he's my QB 16. Uh, and the reason for that is, you know, he doesn't really have to put up huge numbers for them to win because of their elite defense. So he's only topped 240 passing yards once this season, um, making him pretty uh, touchdown dependent. Um, and, you know, we've seen Chase Claypool with this uh, goal line play where they, they you know, flip it to him in the, the backfield sort of as a goal line back, so to speak, um, two games in a row now. So that that's kind of concerning for Big Ben. Uh, and then, you know, James Conner and Benny Snell both had rushing touchdowns last week. So, again, if if you're going to be touchdown dependent as a quarterback and you have all these, you know, goal line options um, out of the backfield, uh, it's pretty concerning. So this week against the Titans, it should be a, a lower scoring close game. Um, I'm going to be low on Big Ben again. And, yeah, he's just priced way too high with a lowered ceiling this year. All right, Raybon, who are you staying away from? Andy Dalton. Next question. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nothing more really needs to be (laughs) said. I mean, I I think you guys, uh, the prop last week was Dalton's passing yards. And I said, I had him at 266 in the ugliest of fashions. He finished at 266, but like that was the most terrible game. But uh, looking at this matchup against Washington, right? Another team with a strong front seven that uh, they rank number, they rank top 10 in sacks. They rank uh, right around in the top 12 in pressure rate. And they don't even have to blitz that much to do that. Chase Young is back. This is not necessarily a rebound spot. I know it seems like it, you know, oh, we're going to play Washington. They're terrible. Uh, they're going on the road, uh, short week. And this guy's kryptonite throughout his career, the reason he's a backup and not still starting somewhere 
uh, is because he's terrible at handling pressure. Zeke, this is this is a Zeke Elliott game to carry them. He has to rebound. We already saw Dalton checking it down all day to Zeke to start last game, and, and they, that was the game plan. It went a little away. He was lucky to get uh, two sixty six and a touchdown against the uh, Cardinals. I, I'm just not with it. All right. Uh, I'm going to have more to say about Zeke later. That's what we call a tease in the business. Uh, Drew Brees. I don't think this should be anything too controversial here. It's a situation where the Saints are big favorites. I'm expecting them to run the ball against this Panthers defense because they can run it against that defense. And uh, even if this weren't a run heavy approach, I still don't think I'd want any part of Brees considering that he's just not pushing the ball down the field. And there's always the, uh, the Taysom Hill factor. That's a someone. very controversial statement. Are you serious? Absolutely. I mean, it's Drew Brees at home against one of the worst defenses, bottom four in pressure rate. He averages like two touchdowns a game at home. Like he, Thomas might be back. I get the rushing. Like he's he's not going to get any rushing. I get. It. I still have him like twelve. But like that's still controversial. Like you don't like him. I feel like there are other quarterbacks I would rather have. I know Brees at home. Like I get that in theory, it's a good matchup. I just I still don't see it happening. I just I want no part of Brees this year. Wow. Okay. I mean, he was throwing down the, I mean, and I, I know cause I bet against him against the, uh, I think it was the lions. He was throwing down the field in that game. So, I mean, I, I don't think he's like done, done. He had like two throws down the field. You know, that's not anything special. I'm off of breeze this would, week. Okay. So one question. Would you, would you say he has QB one overall potential on the week? Yeah. Like, over all of the quarterbacks? No. Okay. I, I think he does just because he could throw like five touchdowns, but I, I get it. I, if you share that way. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he could throw five touchdowns. I just don't see that in his range of outcomes anymore, which uh, this is going to be very painful when he throws five touchdowns and this gets clipped and put all over social media. It's, it's going to be great. Is, he's going to be the chalk. I think this week, or there's a decent chance. I mean, mm-hmm. 6,100. That's like price of Dalton and Minshew. And you know, <laughs> there's, there's a decent chance. He's going to be the chalk. Yeah. Yeah. That was a controversial take. That's all I'm saying. I, 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 like, I get it. I get it. I've been fading Breeze too. I'm just saying it was, it was, it wasn't non-controversial. I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to eat the chalk. That's all I'm saying. I, I'm not, I'm not going there. All right, Sean, give us the, the player prop, which by the way, people should uh, check out the fantasy labs player prop tool uh, where the props with a bet quality of 10 have a 60% win rate over the past two years. Of course, when player props are posted, you can bet them at bet MGM. Sean, give us the quarterback player prop. Let's go with Ryan Tannehill passing yards against the Steelers. Um, he's always tricky for me every week to project. I don't know about you guys, but I consider him a top 10 quarterback this year. It's it's not like I still think last season was fraudulent or anything. It's always there's a reason why I don't have him as a top five quarterback, um, whether it's his entire receiving core is out due to COVID and he's throwing to Nick Westbrook or, you know, last week I was projecting a huge game for Derrick Henry. Now this week he faces the Steelers. So, you know, how can you project them in your top five? So I just want to hear where you guys have them in terms of passing yards, but I have it right now set at 262 and a half. Under 245. Ooh. Sean, you know, I'm normally on the overs. Uh, in this little game we play, but I'm also taking the under, but I have it closer. I have it at uh, 259. I'm lower than everyone. I, so this is just our mean projection and it's 241. So we'd definitely be on the median under for sure. I will be betting on the Titans this week, most likely. Tara Juan is going to drive that line. Probably Pittsburgh's probably going to get to three uh, point favorite. You know who the number one quarterback in passer rating under pressure is this year? Ryan Tannehill. Just so Tannehill. It, it, the, 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 the game, like the, the injury shouldn't hurt him that much. I get where, like, 
I still have him like 19th just because the Steelers are tough. It might not be like a high volume game. Um, but like, I don't, I don't necessarily see any like super red flags. There's just a lot of better matchups this week. I mean, the Steelers, you're just really not trying to go against that defense with a quarterback when you have so many good ones on the slate, in my opinion. Right. Just every week he seems to overachieve. So I'm happy being on uh, Tannehill side three uh, Oh towards the under here. I'll, I'll take the Tannehill over leveraged. Let's uh, let's talk about the running backs. The guys at the top of our rankings, we have Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, Aaron Jones, Jeff, who would you be putting in the top three? I've got Kamara and Jones in there, but I don't have Zeke in the top three. Instead, I've got Mike Davis. Mike Davis is a guy that I wasn't so sure about in the beginning there, but after a, about a game and a half of seeing him perform, I'm going, all right, uh, apparently I'm wrong about Mike Davis. So uh, really high on him. And uh, I think that he deserves consideration in the top three, as, as crazy as that sounds. No, I mean, I, I can buy it. I mean, I think there are you know maybe five or six guys that you could make an argument for uh, to be in the, the top three this week. Uh, outside of Mike Davis, who's someone else that you think you are relatively high on? So this, I'm almost positive is going to be a hot take, but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I would say, is a guy that I'm going to be higher on relative to the field. I think that everyone's expecting a big decrease in production from him. And even like the the sites responded with, it seems like a, a too low of a price here, 6100 for him on DraftKings. Um, but Le'Veon Bell, I think, is more so going to affect uh, Darrell Williams than Clyde Edwards Hilaire, at least in the, the very beginning here, talking about working him in for the first game. And no one's going to want to touch that situation. I think he's going to project very similarly, similarly to as if uh, Le'Veon Bell had never signed. So he's one. And then DeAndre Swift is a guy that um, I got lucky and, and said, man, I bet you this guy's going to win someone the Millie Maker this week. And sure enough, at 4% owned, he won someone the Millie Maker. Um, I think it's just uh, one thing you should keep an eye on as you're projecting teams coming off bye weeks are guys that would seemingly be more involved with, especially rookies. We're, we're seeing this right now with Tua being named the starting quarterback for the Dolphins. Like they're obviously trying to work in their rookie there, and quarterbacks are the most important that like have the the extra week. But it just seems so obvious that the running back position there for the Lions. Let's work in DeAndre Swift more. He's the guy that um, Kieran Johnson said, like, there's, I can't do the things that DeAndre Swift does. Like the running backs there know that he's the best running back. The coaches know he's the best running back. Why isn't he involved? They might've just needed that extra week. So he's getting about 50% of the work now. I think that continues moving forward and he's still really cheap. He's in a great matchup. So DeAndre Swift would be the other guy. Sean, I'm kicking it to you. Who are you relatively high on? So for the, the higher price guys, I'm high on Aaron Jones. Uh, he's 7,200 this week, but I think he should have a bounce back game. You know, he's coming off a matchup against Tampa Bay, who, you know, even without Vita Vea should be one of the stingier run defenses the rest of the season. Um, now he gets Houston, who has been one of the worst run defenses. You know, they've allowed four different running backs to top 100 yards this year, including Derrick Henry's 200-yard game last week. Um, even against the Ravens, they allowed four different ball carriers to top 50 yards. I think it's just a, you know, set up 
uh, for a ceiling spot for Aaron Jones. So I, I should have decent amount of shares on him. Um, and then one of the cheaper guys, uh, it's a little early in the week to be really, you know, loading up on him, but Jamichael Hasty at 4,200, he should probably be owned in all leagues just to see how this shapes out. Um, again, when it comes to the 49ers, running game we're really investing in the kyle shanahan system not really the players so he has a chance to be this year's raheem mosert now that raheem mosert ironically is on the ir and tevin coleman i don't think is expected to be back anytime soon you know it's worth taking a flyer and hasty and you know later in the week hopefully we'll have a better idea on the situation but he's nearly 2k cheaper than Jarek mckinnon in these situations i do like to go with the guy that people might be overlooking um so i'll, I'll have a decent amount of shares of, of michael hasty this week Raybon, who do you like? I didn't think we'd be here, but uh, Todd Gurley. I uh, love Todd Gurley this week. Have him as a top 10 back. Uh, he's only 6K going against the Lions in their awful run defense. Uh, they've given up the six most half PPR points to opposing backs. Uh, Gurley's getting, he's carrying the load. He had 20 carries last week. Didn't go for much yardage uh, in that game, but, um, you know, new coaching staff, he gets 20 carries. Uh, I think that was a positive sign. Uh, and now you're at home as a home favorite against a, a bad run defense in a game with a high total. I mean, this is a multi-touchdown smash spot uh, for Todd Gurley. All right. One guy I am high on, and granted, this is early in the week, so we don't know exactly what's going to happen with Leonard Fournette. But, you know, assuming that Fournette is out uh, and or limited, even if he returns, I think it's a situation where Ronald Jones is still going to keep uh, the lead back role uh, based on what he's done the past three weeks. Now, granted that he's one of the worst starting backs in the league when it comes to catching the ball. Uh, It's just amazing how inefficient he is at turning targets into yards. So that is something that limits his upside. But his rushing production uh, has been, you know, among the best in the league, uh, especially over the last three weeks. And Fournette, I don't know if he really could have done any better than what we've seen out of Ronald Jones. And in Fournette's absence, we've seen Jones establish at least, I wouldn't say some sort of like rapport with Tom Brady, but at least like a level of trust where they know what they can get out of Ronald Jones at this point. Uh, So I am, I mean, I would say kind of surprised that uh, Jones is is popping so high in my rankings. I have number seven right now, uh, assuming that we're not going to see that much out of Fournette. So I'll be looking at the practice reports. If we see Fournette practicing in full on Wednesday or Thursday, then I'm going to bump the rankings down. Um, But assuming that uh, Fournette is uh, out or limited, uh, Jones is going to be someone I'm pretty invested in. Jeff, who are you low on? Kenyon Drake is one, and this is coming off the the game yesterday where he just had, what, I don't know, 130, 140 yards or something. So – uh, I feel like the the recency bias might kick in for people and they're they're ready to kind of hop back on him, especially high scoring environment and everything against Seattle. It, it seems like a, a spot that people are going to want to look at, too. And he's priced cheaper than Chase Edmonds, I think. I'm pretty sure I saw on DraftKings. Um, but the problem is. I don't really think he showed that much in that game last night. He looked the same to me where all season he's had a hard time getting around the edges. Uh, even when they're force feeding the ball to get him into the end zone, a lot of times he's failing. Uh, I think he scored a one yard touchdown uh, this game. And then that last run, I mean, the Dallas defense was already checked out. That, that should not even count for anything as we're looking at how well he played that game. So uh, Drake would be a guy I'm low on. And then James Robinson to kind of go with the the theme of 
really buying into that Chargers defense and thinking that that Jaguars offense is going to struggle. Of course, the the results have kind of come back down to earth a little bit for James Robinson, especially in the on the run side of things where he's averaging he averaged 2.4 yards per carry against Detroit and 3.7 against Houston. Um, whereas b- before earlier in the season, he was just dominating. So much lower on James Robinson and, and Kenyon Drake than the field, I think. Sean, who are you low on? I'm low on Derrick Henry this week. Uh, I have him all the way down to running back six. So, I mean, if you're in season long leagues, you're starting him no matter what. And I, I think if we were to do a redraft today, I'd probably take him number one overall. But, you know, like I mentioned, he's coming off, uh, you know, the 200-yard game against the Texans who's, who have struggled mightily against running backs this year. And now he faces the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are first in DVOA against the run. Um, you know, the loss of Devin Bush should hurt, but it's not like I'm, you know, regressing this defense to average all of a sudden. So I think just given the spot uh, at 7,500 coming off a huge game, I think he'll be over-owned. And I'm just hoping the Steelers defense can hold him to like 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, and, and you know, he's always limited in the passing game. So uh, I, I think his ceiling is a little bit lower this week. Um, and then also I'm low on Jerick McKinnon at 5,800. Uh, it it kind of goes with what I was saying with Jermichael Hasty. I think just because Raheem Mozart is out, we can't just assume Jerick McKinnon's going to become the workhorse back we saw a couple weeks ago. I think Hasty and McKinnon will probably split carries but um, this is a situation where I, I rather go with the back that's 2k cheaper just because there's so much uncertainty um, and I think Hasty will be under owned this week um, so that means I'm pretty much fading McKinnon again it's early in the week uh, I, I could change my mind come Saturday if we hear more about the situation but as of now I'm, I'm leaning Hasty. Raymond who are you fading? Uh, all, of, all of the San Francisco backs and all of the New England backs. Uh, both of these teams are top, uh, top five in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. And uh, as Sean kind of alluded to, we don't know what the heck's going on in San Francisco. Jeff Wilson may lead them in carries this week. Maybe Kyle Juszczyk will just play single back in the shotgun all day. Like like he was getting deep targets last week. Like We have no idea what's going to happen. So like I don't even think that it's wise to take a stand in this case. I think we just admit that, hey, it could it could go one of like three or four ways in that backfield, it's not a great matchup. They're going across the country, coming off a big win, super wet down spot for San Fran. And on the other side, uh, you know, New England, it's it, it, San Francisco is actually one of the least points to running backs. And uh, you never know kind of what you're going to get these days out of this New England offense. Uh, you're going to get a lot of Cam Newton runs, but, you know, is it going to be Burkhead? Is it going to be Harris? It depends on the script. James White might catch a lot, but if they're running, it's a tough matchup. I, I just want no parts of either of that, that game. Uh, except for, uh, as you mentioned, Friedman, uh, Cam Newton. All right. The guy I'm relatively low on is Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I was low on him last week, and a lot of the logic was, I don't think he's going to have the opportunities to score uh, touchdowns. And that's very much what we saw. Uh, He did get targets, but I don't think we can count on him getting 11 targets again this upcoming game. Uh, We're looking at a run offense that I think is pretty anemic uh, without the offensive line that has really powered that running game uh, for the past half decade or so. Uh, And an offense that, uh, I mean, with Andy Dalton under center, you know, uh, the TCU days were wonderful. Uh, We'll we'll always have that Rose Bowl victory in 2010, but, uh, you know, uh, Andy Dalton is not going to be bringing glory to the Dallas Fort Worth area in the 2020 season. So I'm not expecting uh, an offense that is going to provide opportunities for touchdowns to Ezekiel Elliott. 
I think it's just going to be pretty bad all the way around. If he gets there, I think it's going to be through massive target volume, but that's just, I think, pretty hard to predict or project for a running back. So, uh, I mean, I still have him number five. It's not as if that's like horrible or anything, but uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think he belongs in the top three for sure. Okay. Sean, give us the prop. We're going to have to go with Le'Veon Bell. Uh, total rushing and receiving yards. And this is an absolutely impossible line for me to set. So I'm just going to throw it out there. 40 and a half. I haven't dug into this enough to have a super strong read on the the, the median projection for Le'Veon Bell. But I would, I would still lean under. Of course, you, you heard me talk about being high on CEH and thinking that Le'Veon's more likely to be in the, the the Darrell Williams role. And if he is in that role, then it's got to be the under. Yeah, I'm going under as well. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still conservative pro- projecting him for around six to seven touches. Maybe that's super low, but uh, especially after Clyde Edwards-Alaire showed out last week, I just don't think you give Le'Veon Bell like, you know, thir- 10 to 15 touches uh, unless you run 46 times again. But remember, you know, this is the Chiefs. They come off a game where they lose and, and they felt like they threw too much and they've been throwing downfield too much. And so what do they do? They go short and they run the ball more than Andy Reid has ever run. Now the Broncos had a week to kind of ingest that, take that in. Uh, what do you think is going to happen this week? Uh, you know, they'll probably throw it deep all day. So uh, I'm, I'm going conservative with Bell. Sean, I had to do some quick math on, uh, on, on the question of combined yardage. But uh, yeah. I will barely take the over. You said 40 and a half. I have yeah. it at 42. Um, so, you know, pretty much right there with you in terms of where you've set the line. Uh, I guess I'm probably being a little more aggressive in terms of uh, the usage that I think Bell is going to get, uh, particularly as a pass catcher. Uh, I think he will eat into Edwards Alaire just a little bit because Edwards Alaire has been really good as a runner. I think much better than anyone would have anticipated and not nearly as good of a receiver as we would have expected when he entered the league, which is, uh, I mean, something that was just mind blowing. Like he was great as a pass catching back in college. And we haven't seen that at all in the NFL. Uh, and I think that's the one area where Bell probably still really can outproduce uh, and make an immediate contribution. If Bell is used in the receiving game, uh, I think it makes it a little bit easier for him uh, to hit this number uh, with even just a few targets. That's a, that's a good point for even because he, uh, Edwards aware made a horrible play at the end of that Buffalo game where they were trying to run it down to the two minute warning and they throw, they shouldn't have been throwing, but they throw him like a little screen and he like has like a whole bunch of blocks and he just decides to take it outside and goes out of bounds and stops the clock at like two nineteen when they were just trying to run it down. So I, I could definitely see him, uh, you know, getting less usage in the, in the past game. All right, let's talk about wide receivers. The guys at the top of our rankings, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs. Uh, it's, I think, a pretty decent week for wide receivers. You can make some arguments for a number of guys to be in the top three. Jeff, who are you putting up there? I've got Nuke Hopkins and Adams in there, but um, I'm pretty low on Diggs this week. So I've got Keenan Allen actually in the top three, and that's a a pretty big jump, I would say from where most people are going to have him. But again, it's just an incredible matchup really buy into 
Herbert and what he's doing. Of course, he's uh, Allen's on the injury report, so we'll see if he even plays. But if he does play, really like this matchup for him. Like him to to rebound off the the game against New Orleans there. Yeah, Jeff. I mean, I think. Keenan in the top three, it's totally defensible. Uh, Sean has him projected number four. I have him number six, but uh, you know, if you bump up his usage just a little bit, like I feel like I've conservatively projected him down just a little bit because of the injury. But uh, I mean, with the market share he was seeing with all the target volume he was getting uh, once Justin Herbert became quarterback, uh, I think you could easily see how he finishes in the top three. Uh, so I, I think that makes sense. Who are you relatively high on besides Keenan? So one guy is going to be Fuller, and that goes along with the thinking with with Watson and, and buying into the offensive improvement a little bit with the coaching change. But it's it's also a big thing is just I was super high on, on Fuller, like a lot of fantasy anal- analysts were heading into the season we saw some disappointing results with him getting a, the hamstring injury in the one game where he put up a zero, but when, when he's healthy and out there, he's just going to produce. Uh, he's, he's the guy in that offense. I know that cooks has has had some good games as well, but I think that in a way helps him too, of course, to take some attention off of him and really like his upside every week, but he has a higher floor than we're used to seeing with him in previous seasons. Yeah, totally with you there. Love Will Fuller this week and pretty much every week. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. Chris, who is a wide receiver you're high on? Uh, I, th- I love Julio uh, again this week. I think he continues to eat. Um, and uh, I like Terry McLaurin a lot. Uh, Terry McLaurin is currently my wide receiver six. Uh, the Cowboys have given up the uh, the, num- the second most schedule adjusted yards per game to opposing number one receivers, according to football outsiders. And uh, aside from that one game against Jalen Ramsey, McLaurin's been eating every week, you know, getting yardage in at least the 60s, if not higher. Uh, so I think this is another great spot for him. And uh, it, it should be a close game. And, uh, you know, in, the, in that kind of situation, you always like uh, the pass catcher, especially when he, you're, he's like the only guy on that team. And, and this Dallas defense can can be exploited, as we saw with Christian Kirk. You know, they 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 barely give up. Like the quarterback had about the worst game he could possibly have. And somehow Dallas defense is still giving up like 80 yard bombs. So I love Terry this week. Yeah, absolutely. With you on McLaurin. Uh, He went from having the the toughest six week stretch of opposing number one cornerbacks to now he gets to face Daryl Worley, who's the number five cornerback on a horrible pass defense. Uh, Absolutely smash matchup for him. Love it. Uh, Sean, who are you high on? So you already mentioned uh, that he's in my top five, but Keenan Allen, I love this week, especially at his price of 6,200. He'll absolutely have a bounce back game after leaving early with back spasms, which it was actually good news. That's what the injury was. Uh, I think he should be pretty close to 100% given he had the bye week to rest up. Um, You know, he's seen 10 plus targets in every game Justin Herbert started and where he's played more than a quarter. So I think they'll just go right back to the well here. Uh, Big game for Allen coming up this week. And then, yeah, I could see why it's frustrating for Rayvon to go after me because he stole my guy again. 
Uh, I love Terry McLaurin this week at 5,800. I think this is uh, a ceiling game spot for him. And, you know, with McLaurin, his, his issue is always quarterback play. And not that Kyle Allen is like anywhere near an average quarterback even, but he was good enough last game to throw for 280 yards. He connected with McLaurin for seven catches and 77 yards. So just any hint of any quarterback play uh, with a pulse uh, is good for McLaurin. And as Raybon mentioned, you know, this Dallas defense gave up, but you know, they potentially gave up a 80 yard bomb to Isabella at the beginning of the game. And then they gave up two more bombs later in the game. So this is just a spot where I could see McLaurin going off like we saw at times last year. Uh, so I'll have a ton of McLaurin this week. All right. One guy uh, I'm high on and uh, going opposite Jeff, which probably isn't uh, the smartest move here, but uh, I'm, I'm really interested in Stefan Diggs and I could see how it could be a floor game just because the bills might not need to throw all that much in order to dominate the woeful jets. But, uh, a 28% target share is what we've seen out of Stefan Diggs so far, 92 and a half yards per game. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I see him going against this Jets defense that looks like it's really, really bad. And I could imagine a, a peak scenario where uh, even though the the floor might not be there because of uh, volume issues, we could maybe see, you know, like a hundred ish yards and, and two touchdowns out of digs. Like I, I think he, he has ceiling potential for sure uh, in this spot. So uh, I'm pretty interested in digs, Jeff, who are you low on? And if you want to talk more about being low on digs, definitely go for it. Well, yeah, I mean, that was the guy I had listed here that I was going to talk about. So it just transitions in, into this pretty smoothly, but um, I'll, I'll make the case against him, even though I don't want to push back too hard because I agree with basically everything you said that, the ceiling is there. It's just that the floor is much, much lower in this matchup because you think about it and the Jets, they, they could give up a lot of yards if this game becomes competitive. But what I think is more likely is that they're going to give up um, some short touchdowns because the offense put the the Bills in, the, the Jets offense put the Bills in, in good field position and ends up being short touchdowns and fewer attempts and it's just a, an, an ugly game overall for fantasy and when you've got the fewer attempts that increases the volatility of projecting where are these touchdowns and, and pass attempts going to and you, of course we would think that most likely it's going to be digs but if it's uh when you decrease those attempts increase the volatility it, it could go anywhere and uh pretty worried about I, I wouldn't play him. In, I definitely wouldn't play him in cash, but I agree with you that in tournaments, it would not be surprising at all if he caught two touchdowns. Sean, who are you low on? I'm low on both Amari Cooper and CD Lamb at their absurd prices right now. You know, at halftime, Lamb had zero catches and Cooper had one catch for eight yards. Then they were able to salvage in garbage time and both had seven catches apiece. So I'm hoping that leads people to still take them at these prices. But it's pretty clear that without Dak, this offense is going to take a huge step back. Um, a matchup against Washington should be close. I, there probably shouldn't be much garbage time. In this one, and the totals all the way down to 46, just not something we're used to seeing with a Dak led offense. So uh, I, I'm way low on these guys, and they would have to be about 1K cheaper for me to even consider them. So I, I'm just hoping the fact that they were able to salvage and put up a decent line means that people will still uh, take them here, but I, I won't have anything to do with them this week. Rayvon, who are you fading? 
Yeah, uh, this is damn. Me and Sean are just. I, I think you, you, like Amari and CD Lamb, the, the the Cowboys receivers for the reasons I mentioned with Dalton. Um, but I will throw out one that I think is uh, a little more contrarian that I don't think uh, any of you guys may agree with. Uh, but for me, Will Fuller. I, I think Will Fuller is way too overpriced at sixty eight hundred when you consider that. Uh, Green Bay is number one in the league in schedule adjusted yards allowed to number one receivers at 41.9. And they're only allowing 56.4 schedule adjusted yards to number twos. Um, You know, so whether you consider Cooks or Fuller the true number one, I consider Fuller, but um, they've been very stingy. uh, Kevin King and Jair Alexander. And if they put Alexander on him, I mean, he's been shadowing over the past couple of weeks and hasn't allowed a catch to, you know, the guys he's in shadow coverage. So uh, I think it's a sticky matchup for for Fuller where people are going to kind of be lulled into, you know, what he's done over the past few games and the high total. And at 6,800, I mean, there are guys, there's Tyler Lockett is cheaper. Um, you got Galladay right in that price range. Julio's not much more expensive. These guys, in my opinion, have much higher floors uh, in, in, the, in their respective matchups than does Will Fuller at that price. All right. Uh, a guy I am looking to fade is Tyreek Hill. I have him ranked number eight and I feel a little bit weird uh, about this because uh, normally I I'm pretty enthusiastic about Tyreek Hill and his potential. And I still think he obviously has upside, but he has only an 18% target share this year, which is lower than what we've seen out of him in the past. And then uh, who, who knows what we're going to see out of uh, the, the chiefs offense uh, this weekend, but we have seen them spread the ball around a little bit more and rely on the running game a little bit more than they have in previous seasons. Uh, and so if that is what they do this week and we see Tyreek Hill have only an 18% target share once again, uh, then I mean, we're looking at a guy who's probably not going to finish in the top five. Uh, so although he has the upside to you know be the number one overall receiver on the slate, uh, I think there's just a little too much downside uh, that he carries based on how he's been used and how that offense is functioning this year. Sean, give us the prop. Uh, so let's go with Michael Thomas receiving yards uh, in his return this week. Um, I have it at 85 and a half. I will take the under. Uh, I have it around 76 and a half. Uh, and it, it's hard, I think, to know where to set the, the uh, market share for him. Uh, like ordinarily, I think around like 30% uh, or something around there. But uh, Emmanuel Sanders is developing a little bit within that offense. Traquan Smith is emerging. Uh, Alvin Kamara will get his targets, you know, and, and then of course, Jared Cook is there. So I don't know. It just seems like it's easy to knock him down just a little bit in his first game back. Uh, and that that's why I'm on the under here. Uh, yeah, I, I think I would take the the under. I think that's a pretty good line, though. I wouldn't feel very confident about that. So out of the props you've given out so far, this is the one I'd least like to bet on. Yeah, I'm going under. Um, I have him around 25%. And it, yeah, like Friedman said, it is really difficult to kind of gauge exactly how many targets he's going to get. But remember, Michael Thomas has also been a guy who's going to average about 11, 12 yards per catch. So, there's, you know, he could he could easily catch, you know, seven, eight, nine balls. And that, that, that doesn't necessarily mean he gets over that prop. Um, and they, there's been issues with, with Thomas, obviously, beyond just the injury. So, 
Um, anytime there's a guy like that, I like to be a little bit conservative and kind of see, see what happens. Cause you know, even though I thought the Bree statement was controversial, uh, I do think that Friedman was onto something with the fact that this is a home favorite matchup against a defense that you don't need to necessarily throw around the yard on. Um, so yeah, I have him as my wide receiver 14, uh, right now, right around 70, 70 yards. Wide receiver 14. That, that feels low. That feels much more controversial than my Breeze take. <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, Breeze at QB 13, Tom, his, his number one receiver at wide receiver four. I mean, there are a lot of good matchups this week. I mean, I have Ridley and Julio in the top like five. Then you have Lockett and Metcalf who have to be like in the top 10. You have Stefan Diggs. Uh, you have Galladay. You know, they're just, I think, a lot of great matchups this week to where I don't, I'm not certain on what's going to happen with Thomas and the fact that he was held out of a game, not for an, an injury, but also for disciplinary reasons. And it's his first right. game back. I mean, they're just, there's just a lot of uncertainty. I, I think it, it makes me feel better that he was held out because of disciplinary reasons and not health, but that's, <laughs> that's for a different time. But yeah, I, I definitely don't like having 85 and a half as my projection. So I'm going to lower it a bit. Yeah, and Raymond, I should say, I'm giving you a little bit of a hard time. I, my ranking for Thomas is much closer to where you have him than where Sean has him. So I, and it, it not anymore with, with Breeze in the passing game. <laughs> yeah, so. it's early. It's early in the week. I mean, I may come up, but I like there's just certain times when you you have the red flags, and it's like in a week where there's so many good matchups, I, I just don't see the need to like have him like fifth. You know what I mean? Yeah. The NFL season is upon us, and our friends at BetMGM Sports are offering Action Network podcast listeners a great sign-up offer. Just make your first deposit using the bonus code ACTIONPOD and receive a 100% deposit match up to $500. They've got parlay bonus payouts, live betting markets, daily odds boosts, all sorts of great stuff. So download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTIONPOD to double your bankroll with a 100% deposit match up to $500. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in the great states of Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada. And now, back to the show. All right, let's talk about the tight ends. And uh, I think it's you know pretty rubber stamped in the top three. You have Kelsey, you have Kittle, you have Waller. Jeff, is there anyone that you would consider putting in the top three over one of those guys? I think you could consider Henry over Waller, but yeah, Waller is is totally fine there. Again, I'm just super high on the, the Chargers in that matchup there. But yeah, raw points, you're, you're talking about Waller's probably going to grade out ahead. All right, so you like Henry. Who else are you relatively high on this week? So I know that everyone sounds like is pretty low on that the Cowboys passing offense, which I agree with. But I think Dalton Schultz is the one guy that you want to consider if you are going to be low on the team overall, but high on one guy. I think that the low ADOT is a positive thing for him with an offensive line that is just toast right now. Dalton's not going to get much time to throw, so the deep routes aren't going to be able to develop. 
as easily, and you're going to see him going to, to Dalton Schultz. I think that we saw a little bit of this in the, the game last night where Dalton Schultz was targeted uh, a decent amount, and I think that's going to continue. We received five to eight targets for Dalton Schultz as the the low A dot, the, the short route guy, and the guys like CeeDee Lamb and Gallup maybe struggling a little bit more. Sean, who are you high on? Uh, well, Jeff alluded to him earlier, but Hunter Henry I have in my top four. Uh, I'm high on this Chargers passing attack this week uh, as well. And, you know, his routes run per dropback has been right around 80% every week. He's one of the more steady tight end options. This is a great matchup where, you know, he has increased touchdown odds uh, considering the Chargers have one of the highest team totals. But also the Jaguars have allowed five touchdowns to tight ends uh, this year. Um, and, you know, there's no Darren Waller or Mark Andrews on the main slate. So, it, you know, if you're not going to spend up for Kelsey or Kittle, he's the best option by far. So at 4,500, I mean, he seems like a, a free square play this week. Uh, and, you know, like I said, he's in my top four uh, to start the week. All right, Rayvon, I am almost expecting you to take my guy. So I'm just going to say uh, I like Austin Hooper. Maybe you're not going to take him. I don't know. Anyway, I, I like I like Austin Hooper this week. Uh, Cincinnati's not great against tight ends, and his market share has continued to go up uh, as the season has developed. To to where at this point, I mean, you can't say that he's like the number one receiver in that offense, but uh, he's getting targeted or he's getting opportunities basically just as much as anyone else in that offense. So uh, I didn't imagine at the beginning of the season that I would be in on Hooper, but uh, where we are at this point, I. I have him as a top six tight end. Raybon, who do you like? I mean, I, I just had to, like, when you said that, I had to go double because, you know, it's early, it's Tuesday. So kind of doing this on the fly and I go to, I, I go look up Hooper and I have him as a TE5 and I'm like, oh, wow. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, the uh, Bengals are bottom four in terms of most schedule adjusted receiving yards uh, allowed to the tight end position at 70.1. Uh, and let's be honest, you know, Baker Mayfield, he's going to, he's going to have to be managed a little bit and he struggles to get his ball, the ball outside to some of these playmakers. He's always been better kind of going to the guys who aren't the main guy, who aren't the guys that are getting the most attention from the defense. We saw that in his rookie year with Perriman and Higgins and all those guys. And um, we're starting to see it with Hooper. So uh, I like him. I also think uh, I would be remiss not to mention TJ Hawkinson, uh, you know, going against Atlanta, who's become the Arizona of last year, uh, 73.4 schedule adjusted yards allowed to tight ends. Uh, that is the second most in the league. And they're also they've also allowed seven touchdowns to the position. So uh, love those two guys. And of course, Henry is way, way too cheap uh, as well, but uh, didn't want to steal Sean's thunder. If I didn't have to. All right, uh, Jeff, who are you low on? A couple guys at the position I think you can be low on this week. One is uh, Jerry Cook, and another is Robert Tanyan. Robert Tanyan, especially though, I think people are, are, aren't giving enough credit to Devontae Adams and how much that's going to impact his projection. So uh, Robert Tanyan, I don't think we're going to be seeing those multi-TD games or, or anything for as long as uh, Devontae Adams is healthy. I'm with you there on Cook. Uh, he's a guy I'm low on with Michael Thomas returning, Sanders, Traquan Smith. Uh, obviously, just uh, I mean, we talked about Breeze earlier where I, I think it's just going to be a situation where the Saints don't need to pass. Uh, and if they do, uh, that's not a guarantee that, that Cook is the guy who actually gets the targets. So uh, I'm with you 100% on uh, getting away from Cook this week. I'll kick it to Rayvon. Rayvon, who are you low on? 
Uh, Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst is my tight end 13 this week. Uh, the Lions, when you look at them, they've just been a tough matchup for for tight ends, allowing the fewest schedule adjusted yards to the position at just uh, 22.4. Uh, and that's on 5.8 schedule adjusted targets. So uh, you put it together, they're, average, they're allowing about four yards per target. Uh, once you adjust for the strength of schedule, they're number three in DVOA. Uh, against the position and oh by the way there's some guy named Julio Jones back uh, he looks healthy and he's really good and there's also some guy named Calvin Ridley he's also really good uh, and uh, and Jeff mentioned Gage and, and you know the, I think that's the top three and I'm, and by the way I also think it's going to be a girly game so Hurst is kind of that fifth option uh, for for Atlanta this week so low on him. Sean who are you low on? Yeah me and Raybon disagree Nice. Uh, I mean, I have Hayden Hurst tight end seven. I'm not going to go on some tangent advocating for him. It's it's more to do with the, the low tight end one this week is kind of rough. Um, but I, I do like Hurst going for it. I, Ray Bond, we he was our boy heading into the season. I'm not abandoning it quite yet. But um, yeah, I take your point there. But the guy I'm low on, it, he doesn't play on the main slate. So this is uh, season long only advice. But Evan Ingram is my tight end 18. And, you know, it, you feel like you, you probably spent around seven pick on him or something like that. It's okay. You can bench him, maybe not drop him quite yet, but we're getting there. Um, he's just not startable in 12 team leagues. Uh, despite running a healthy 80% routes run per drop back. I mean, truly elite usage in that regard. He just, it, it, the passing pie isn't as big this year. Daniel Jones has thrown for under 200 yards in three of the last four and Sterling Shepard may return this week. So just more competition for targets. Uh, I don't know if it's Jason Garrett's fault, Evan Ingram's fault, Daniel Jones' fault. I don't know what's going on, but Evan Ingram is just not playable right now in any kind of format. Sean, Sean I, can, I can tell you, it's it's Jason okay. Garrett's fault. I figured, I figured. <laughs> I, 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 that's 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 interesting because you have Hayden Hurst tight end seven. You said. Yeah, it's really he's tied with like seven tight ends in that range, so well, you know it could go up or down a ton. I, I'm kind of busting my own balls here, but maybe I would have Hurst higher if I didn't have Evan Ingram tight end six. Yeah, yeah, he, he might want to move him down. <laughs> no, I mean, no. So I mean, Ingram still has a 19% target share, uh, and he's going against an Eagles defense that ranks uh, number 31 in DVOA against tight ends. Uh, I think I think it's it's worth one more week with Engram just because, as you mentioned, you have the routes run per drop back. Um, and, and the Eagles just like linebacker safeties. They just that's the kind of players. Those are the kind of players they can't cover. Um, and yeah, Shepard back will help. But I mean, Daniel Jones has had a, a brutal start to the season in terms of matchups. And then he had the weird um, the really weird game script last week where I don't know, if, like they, they had like what, like 20 dropbacks or something. So I'm giving him one more week. Uh, I'm pretty high on him, but I love the matchup against Philly. Who's uh, bottom three against tight ends. Haven't we been saying one more week about Evan Ingram for like three <laughs> weeks? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like people bet on Dallas every week, you know, they, I, they don't cover Evan Ingram doesn't cover. I have Richard Rogers projected over uh, Evan Ingram. This week. Oh no, that's, that's come on. I, you will not end the week. Like that. Hakeem Butler's there, man. Jason Kroom. Are you kidding yeah. me? <laughs> yeah, well, I think you're making my point that Richard Rogers is the best tight end, right? No, I mean, we'll, Kroom brought we'll a touchdown last week. Well, yeah, tour. okay. Well, so what? But we'll, we'll have to make a side bet on this. <laughs> oh, Ingram yeah. Versus, uh, I mean, they're both. Ingram versus Richard up. Rogers? They're Hell facing yeah. off Thursday night. Immediate yes. return. Like, yes, we'll bet on this for sure. Yes. Oh, we've well, yeah. got to write this up on action. Like, this is actually hilarious. I'm ready. I'm ready to, like, be embarrassed. Okay, Sean. Give us the tight end prop. <laughs> I was going to make some boring prop about George Kittle. Uh, no, yeah, we'll, we'll stick with it. Uh, so George Kittle, total receiving yards, 
um, at home against the Patriots. Uh, you know, will Belichick try to take Kittle away and will it matter? That's really the question. So I have his projection at uh, 73 and a half yards. Way over. I, I mean, uh, our mean is like 94. Median will probably be like 80-ish. So I think that's an easy over. I'm with Jeff there. I have it around 87. I have it at 78, and I don't like that I'm taking the over, so I'm going to take the under and just lower it. Uh, the Patriots are number two in DVOA against tight ends, and I talked about this uh, with Chris Harris on, on, on his podcast on Monday. Uh, you looked at the Rams' mistake against Kittle uh, in that game, and what they did was they would play all these soft zones and, and think that they can let Kittle catch the ball uh, and and then come up and make the tackle. and Or they would have just like one guy dropping in a zone, and Kittle would just like beat him off the snap. The, the Rams put out like the perfect mistake tape for Bill Belichick to now uh, shut him down. And I think this is a, I think this is a game where uh, you see other guys eat and Kittle's quiet. So I, I'm going to go under, even though I have him at 78, I'm, I'm knocking him down. All right. Uh, Jeff, what content should people check out at number ball? Number ball. Uh, we've got a lot of really cool stuff. The, the content is, is good and everything we've got. Um, Justin Freeman doing some showdown coverage, which is cool. He runs 10,000 Sims and projects like which guys are most likely to end up as the captain, which guys are most likely to end up as the flex. So that's cool. But a lot of what we do is data driven. I have a, a rundown article that I do for every main slate. And uh, what's, what's awesome that we added this season are with our tools, with our stack ratings, where we go and project out what the best stacks will be for every week. Um, if you're going to, use Matt Ryan, it's best to use one receiver and this is the receiver. And then this is the rating for if you decided to use a bring back option with him. And this is the guy that should be the bring back. So it's a nice tool that I think is really useful for people that are trying to attack GPPs and to kind of show the difference between the the different stacks and which ones grade out well and which ones grade out well with multiple receivers. All right, everyone, you can follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff K. Collins. Jeff, thanks for uh, doing the show with us, man. Appreciate the invite. This was fun. All right, you can follow Sean, Chris, and me in the Action Network app at the underscore odds maker, Chris Raybon, and Matt at the Oracle. Use the app to get real-time odds and track your bets for free. Please subscribe to and rate and review the show and listen and download on Spotify. See you again next episode. finished talking.